0: Still
1: looking great. Here go. Hi, Chris. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing all right, my friend. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm in week two of the new job. Still just kind of learning the product, kind of learning how everything works. So yeah. yeah, everyone keeps asking me like, oh, like, what's your job like? And I'm like, I don't know yet. It'll be a while. <laughs> like, I'm I don't know. I'm forced to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. About, I mean, I don't go that far. Uh, I will say like... Do you have a mortgage? Oh, shoot. Yeah. You're forced to shoot, work. I'm forced to work. <laughs> uh, I will say out of all the places I could be forced to work, I am very happy with where I've ended up. That's fair. We haven't really talked about it on air, but I got fired under dubious circumstances through what should have been no fault of my own. Uh, very unexpected. To unexpectedly unemployed, um, but I turned that into a rather large pay raise and much better benefits, like much, much better benefits. uh, It's free health care and or free health insurance, I should say, and a better PTO program, less hours, no travel. So I'll be able to be more consistent with this and really everything else in my life. So it kind of worked out. I'm not going to lie. Kind of worked out. That's good. Very happy. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah, think I'm glad that you're glad. I love you. The sincerity, yeah, and the thumbs I, up. I mean, I am serious, but <laughs> I, I know, I know you are. I, I was being, I was being sincere as well. Uh, you look different. We talked about it, I think, on our last episode. But did you, you, you'd cut your hair, but have you cut your beard since then? Uh, I did. I did trim again? it
0: down to a. I lost my five. I don't know what happened to my my. I don't even remember what it's called. The little thing that clips on the, the end the of the trimmer. trimmer, the well guard, yeah, the guard, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I I lost my five setting, so I had to go down to a three last week, and
1: this is whatever it is now. So hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. Mine you is know. a my beard trimmer. It, it's like one piece that adjusts. Like I can push it up and down on it. Mm-hmm. So if I lost it, my only option would be zero. <laughs> No, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, actually, my only option would be buy another one because I'm not doing that. Thank you. But thank That's you. That's fair.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think i mentioned it before in the past. I've got some sensitive skin. And um, if my beard gets too long, especially when it's really, really hot and I sweat a lot, I, uh, I get peely. Yeah. And I do not enjoy, like the last thing I want is when I'm sitting there, like scratching my chin because I'm deep in thought. And then I look down and it is
1: snowed on my chest. (laughs) Yeah, that would be horrible. Um, No, I don't like (laughs) that. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Does that count as a cold open? I mean, I guess. Do we need to talk (laughs) about anything else? Is there Uh, anything else you'd like to off topic before we jump in? Do you want to talk about our anniversary or do you want to save that? I was going to save that for the end. That's the okay. less, That's not really off topic. Okay. That's on topic. That's on pod, if you will. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't think I have any... I mean, I, I haven't done anything else lately. I had a party. I had a party. Uh, mm. I, a friend of mine had a birthday on Sunday, so I had a bunch of people over on Saturday night. And we played some board games. It was a lot of fun. Oh, were these were these some of your friends? These are some of my friends, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just some of my friends. Not all of my friends, just the <laughs> ones that I care about. <laughs> The ones that would come to a, a birthday thing that consisted of board games. That's rude. Uh, I did have one friend drive in from out of town, so that was cool. Got mm. to, he spent the night, uh, gave him a room. Yes, all of my friends were there. <laughs> Actually, I think I, everyone I invited showed up. Oh, yeah. fair enough.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Well, I, uh, it didn't yeah. matter because I was in...
1: Uh, we, uh, this is something I
0: could talk about. I was in Lubbock this weekend on Saturday. Oh, did you see raul up there i did not see raul i i I texted Mm. him to see if he wanted to hang out but uh, i went to a wedding no i'm so sorry I travel for a lot of weddings welcome to your 30s well i mean i I think i've been doing that my entire adult life (laughs) it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how old i am i think ever since i turned 21 i think i've traveled for weddings but either way the person involved uh, in the wedding the person getting married was an artist
1: the person involved
0: she had her ceremony and the reception at an art gallery in Lubbock near okay. the college, which was kind of cool. And I I don't know how often you've been to Lubbock, but it I really enjoy its layout because it's one of the few places that was designed, in my opinion, by a reasonable person. Because like okay. they've got they've got numbered streets and then they've got lettered streets. Yeah. And it's in a big grid. Yeah. So okay. like as long as you can find like like, if you're like, oh, this person's on 18th, like Avenue L and 18th, they're like, cool, I know where 18th Street is. Um, if I if I can count <laughs> up the letters of the alphabet, I will be able to find out where I need to go. It nice. was really cool. And then, uh but anyways, so this person's an artist, and they they had a... They had an exhibit at the same time they were having the reception. So they had a bunch of. They just of the, tricked a lot of people to come into their exhibit. <laughs> That's a good I ruse. I mean, I didn't pay to get in, so uh but um not bad, not bad. The um her exhibit was clothes that she had reimagined, or not reimagined, but she had recreated using trash. Oh. And so like there was there's that famous sculpture of Julius Caesar. Um, where he's like supposed to be holding like a golden spear. I mean, I'm sure the spear's gone by now, uh, but like it has the breastplate mm-hmm. with the with the battle skirt and the armor. And she had recreated it, and like instead of lion heads, they were just like baby doll heads. Oh, that she weird! Had, that she had glued to like a piece okay. of plastic and then spray painted gold. I thought it was really neat, but very cool. It, I had a great time. Yeah, and that's about it. That's, that was my trip to Lubbock. I stayed overnight. Uh, I watched Bright again. Oh, okay. I couldn't sleep. I mean, it's not like I was wired or anything, or I had too much caffeine. I just we got back, we ate dinner, the wife fell asleep, and I just was like, I can't sleep. Oh, they've got Netflix. Oh, first suggestion was Bright, so I rewatched it. Still holds up. Still holds up. Still holds up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I I still think it's just a sequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, it like, is. I, it's hundred percent. I maintain that. Yeah, it's a sequel so. to Lord of
1: the Rings. I actually uh, I was listening to a different podcast earlier today, uh, Spies Like Us oh yeah their newest episode oh, we've shouted them out before but they do something similar well they do a better job of what we do but only with, with spy movies mm. and uh their newest episode is on red sparrow the uh the jennifer lawrence film from how many okay. years ago where she's like a did. russian spy or whatever yeah apparently joel egerton's in that film and he's like oh, the lead. <laughs> one of the leads <laughs> and they were like i wonder what else he's been in and one of them mentioned i think he was in he was in some movie with will smith as an orc and i was like yeah yeah he was <laughs> He was in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I saw Red
0: Sparrow, and I was like, "Man, that really just looks like Black Widow."
1: A little. It was. That's. I remember thinking the same thing. Like, oh, somebody made a Black Widow movie without they the rights. Can't, they just can't uh, hearing them letter. describe it. It is not a Black Widow movie. It is sure. Very I mean, just like thing, Yeah, but, Russian. Uh, yeah. A Russian woman trained as trained to be an assassin throughout their childhood. Yeah, close enough. Uh, pretty <laughs> close. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all right, perfect. I feel like with that little extra. We've got our open Marin, got it down. <laughs> I tied it. I tied it back to an episode that we already had. Yeah, you can go watch yeah. that, or yeah, we listen to, to shout that to some other some yeah. other people. Yeah, you should totally listen to them. They're it's almost as, they're almost really as good. like we've done this before. I can't yes. really,
0: can't really put my finger on it though. We're doing something new today. In the past, we we have done pilot episodes for television shows, and on rare occasions, meaning once, we have actually watched an entire series start to finish and reviewed the entire thing and we decided that we would uh do kind of like a not I don't want to say state of the series but we wanted to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds as far as the episodes have been released so there have been 5 episodes so far yep and we've reviewed the pilot already so mm-hmm. So we watched four additional episodes. The sixth comes out on the ninth. I believe there's going to be 13 episodes overall. Is it 13? I thought it was 10. IMDb says episodes 13 next to it. Oh, a little. Okay. I, okay. I know that's supposed to be a thing I click on, but it's a greater than sign. So those episodes in no particular order, but I'm going to read them in order. Children of the Comet, Ghosts of
1: Illyria, Memento Mori, and Spock Amok? 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 It I is and if you click on the episodes, it is only ten. So I believe Oh, okay. I believe we're only getting ten. We've done it before. I think there was uh that animated Pacific Rim the Black. Yes, that's what I was specifically referring to. Yeah. But that was that was only six episodes. They were twenty minutes apiece. So it was like, yeah, we'll watch the whole the whole season. We've also done Star Trek Lower Decks with bonus episodes going through every episode. So we've done twenty episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks, soon to be thirty episodes before the end of the year. We've done the pilot episode of Strange New Worlds, also titled Strange New Worlds, which I don't think I realized at the time. Uh, but yeah, we're going to gonna do a little bit of an update, kind of uh, do a brief chat about each of these episodes, I assume in order, because um, it wouldn't make much sense otherwise. And I, I guess and there's there's only one, I guess we can talk about any guest acting actors that we, we, we enjoyed, although I don't think there are many. Um, and there's only one main cast member who really wasn't in the pilot episode. And we'll talk about him when he comes up. This was my idea to kind of do this mid-season update, mostly because I'm already watching Star Trek. So this keeps me from having to watch something else. (laughs) This saves me time in my day. Yes, yes. So episode two, Children of the Comet, reading the blurb here. Uh, An ancient alien relic thwarts the Enterprise crew from rerouting a comet on track to strike an inhabited planet. This is sitting at 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, with a median score of 9. Overwhelmingly positive, I would say. Uh, But why don't you give your thoughts and opinions? This episode is classic Trek. And when I
0: say classic Trek, I don't mean that it's in reference to... TOS era, like what you what what you could consider quote unquote a classic. Uh and what sure. I mean by that is I've been here, I've seen this episode before, I've I, I know this story. Starfleet encounters an advanced alien race, you know, uh being, what have you. Uh, Sometimes it's a natural disaster. Sometimes it's just a misinterpretation of other people's laws, whatever, our rules. But this is the Enterprise. I mean, usually the Enterprise specifically, maybe not the iteration of it. But long story short, the Enterprise is hanging around. They're doing some scientific study on a comet. You know, comets are really interesting. If you don't know what a comet is, it is not a household cleaner, typically. It is a giant hunk of ice Rock, gas, yeah, rock gases, minerals, whatever. Just f- traveling through space, and they usually have a trajectory. Uh, they can sometimes come in and out of solar systems. There's a famous one, you know, Halley's comet. I don't know how close it gets into the mil- the to the solar system, but we are able to see it like every seventy two, seventy three years or whatever. Which I think I missed. I think oh. I th- I think I was young enough to miss it, and it probably won't come around in my lifetime, which is cool, whatever. But There are some times when comets can get trapped in gravity wells of either planets or other stellar bodies. Uh, And in this instance, a comet is traveling towards a planet in which it is inhabited by what appears to be a Stone Age or Bronze Age civilization. And they say that there's millions of people on the planet. I mean, we even see them. They're, like, using primitive tools. So very cool. Uh, And then... Essentially, the, they theorize or that they their computer models suggest that it's going to hit the planet, so they try to inter, interdict it or intercede, and um, that's when they meet the aliens. All in all, I really enjoyed this episode. It gave a lot of, like, I, I think Star Trek works best when you think outside the box of what you would consider, like, normal actions. I, I mean, and I, I don't want to be that person, but, like, I think, like, in the first... Th- The first 20 minutes, I was like, why don't they just get really close to the comet? Hmm. (laughs) It's like, hey, you know what? If you're going to shoot us down, you're going to blow this up too. And then like, that's what they ended up doing, which I thought was pretty cool. They tried everything else to do it. I really enjoyed the idea of math and music being a universal language. I think that's, that's something that I think we've long since discovered a long time ago that music is essentially math. You just, you know, you make noise. To a mathematical yeah. equation, you create sound, uh, create music, I guess. Uh, but no, but I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a great episode. Good second episode. Solid. Started out strong. I'm not sure why giant planetary bodies
1: are always about to hit things in Star Trek, but it just exists. So if they weren't about to hit things, why would we be there to look at it? It's not interesting. Yeah, no. We could we yeah, travel to another system where things are about to hit each other. I mean, I think that answers the right. question.
0: Well, I think that's... Uh, we're we'll talking about it here in a minute, but, um, I think it's the second episode of the second or third episode of TNG where like, there's a stellar fragment heading towards them. Uh, so That's it's like things. Are, second episode.
1: If well, you don't count outside, if you count, count outside the pilot, outside yeah. the pilot, I think it's episode three, yeah. uh, where they're also all, I think it's the naked now, or yeah. I don't remember the name of it versus the name of the TOS episode. I think I think they're just both called the naked now, but <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but yeah, uh, there was one. Yeah, uh, I, f- I think I can't remember. Uh, Children of the Comet. Speaking of episode two of Strange New Worlds, it's got a very strong Cadet Yahura. A story, B story. I couldn't quite. I think it's the A story. Spoiler for the the rest of this. Like a lot of times, it's really difficult for me in Strange New Worlds to tell you which. Is the B story and which is the C story, and occasionally I can't tell the difference between the A and the B story. Uh, they do a really good job uh, of giving everything its its due. Yeah, but we get to learn a little bit about Yahura's background. They give they flesh her out quite a bit. I mean, she's the victim of some pranking at the beginning because she's <laughs> new, which I which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, she's how we learn about Lieutenant Hemmer, who's the chief engineer, who's uh, an Irian. Uh, I thought he was an Anar. Right, Enar. A- excuse me, Arian. Yeah. I was mixing up Andorian and and, uh, but it's. I looked up the pronunciation. I don't know if they always. I don't know if they say Enar in this, but it's supposed to be pronounced Enar. He showed up in the very end of the pilot as being beamed onto or transported onto the Enterprise. Uh, so he didn't really take part in the pilot. Uh, you just get to see his face. Yeah. So it's somebody we hadn't talked about before. Uh, okay. I do want to talk about him for a moment.
0: Let me let me stop you. Real quick. Oh, uh, uh, the Enar or Einar, mm-hmm. whatever, are a subspecies of Andorians. So Correct. they, like, in the same way that we are all Earthlings. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> like, they technically, so, yeah. Someone from Africa and someone from South America, like, would both be considered Earthlings. And I think, I, not so I much in sp- this th- instance, because they've got, I think they've got different genders and, like, they abilities. Do. So It's
1: technically, I think it would be more like... Like maybe uh, Neanderthals, Neanderthal vision? versus yeah. Homo sapien. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like a literal like branch, like compatible in, uh, in almost every way, um, but different enough to be recognized. They were first introduced in Enterprise. I've read the article on Memory Alpha, but I have not watched <laughs> that episode of Star Trek Enterprise. One of their defining characteristics is that they're blind. They have some precognitive abilities. Uh, Their other senses are much more advanced than most other humanoids or bipeds, uh, which they talk about in this episode, uh, Children of the Comet. Interesting thing. Uh, So I looked up Bruce Horak, who plays Lieutenant Hemmer, and was surprised to see that he only has three credits. (laughs) like straight up he uh, has been he has was in it. a short in 2009 he had a one guest star on warehouse 13 in 2010 and then he's in this so i i found his website like he has a website and i guess he's been doing a one-man show so he's done some some stage work and he does a one-man show where he paints the audience and he's been doing that for the last decade i, I he did it virtually during uh, lockdowns and whatnot he is canadian uh, he lives up, like I, I, ontario or something Oh, he is. I believe he is actually blind. He is actually blind. So he cool. is. Uh, he lost over ninety. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, he lost over ninety percent of his vision uh, due to childhood cancer. Oh. Which, yeah, horrible, but he he's alive, right? Uh, his artwork on his website is very interesting. Um, I don't have any of it up anymore, but it's it's a lot of, obviously a lot of colors, right? But he's got basic shapes. He, I, I guess he can still see that type of thing. I guess um, what I meant by some, cool was the fact that they, they cast a blind person for yes, a blind role. Absolutely. <laughs> like, then that's kind of what I was getting at, getting to. Yep. Himmer is probably one of my favorite characters in this show. Uh, maybe not from the get-go for this this episode, where he's just a bit abrasive. Uh, but yep. by the end of these four episodes, I, I really, really liked him. He's got a little more depth and a lot more interesting than some of the... Uh, he's, a, he's a really cool alien in the Star Trek sense. But yeah, they cast a blind actor to play a blind character, which I think is fantastic. That's, that's really, really interesting. I mean, we saw in TNG with Geordi that people with disabilities aren't treated differently. Right, the different or differently abled, however you want to phrase it, aren't treated differently. They're treated as equals, and in some cases, uh, they're they're better. In some cases, they're worse. But there is just different, right? In a in a universe like Star Trek, where you have so many different types of aliens with so many different abilities and cultures and whatnot, doesn't matter, right? But Levar Burton, of course, is not blind. Uh, they gave him the little visor so he could see, and it became a plot device, more or less, uh, that but, they used on occasion. Well, if this I recall is actually, correctly, didn't
0: yeah. w- like when he would put that visor on, he
1: couldn't actually see, like IRL. He could see. I think it it it, it limited his vision or whatever because he's looking yeah. through that thing. But it it, it was still yeah. able to yeah to maneuver and whatnot. Yeah. No, I thought it was really really cool, and I and I definitely wanted to, to harp on that. Children of the Comet is a great second episode. I like that it didn't focus on Pike. I like that he's just on the bridge being a captain for the most part. Um, I think they they follow up a little bit with him about oh well, knowing your future doesn't mean blah blah blah. Still chiming in on his overall overall story arc. But I thought it was I thought it was really really good. I, I have to say that the first two episodes of Strange New Worlds are the best. Like the the pilot of Strange New Worlds is the best Star Trek pilot we've ever had, in my not so humble opinion. I think my favorite up to this point would have probably been the DS9 pilot, um, just because of the way it introduced Commander Cisco uh, versus Captain Picard, like put them in the in a room and show the differences and that that type of thing. I really really liked it, but that's probably also nostalgia kicking in because I love Deep Space Nine. Um, but this is a, a really strong a really strong opening. Would you say like when we look at the uh, the IMDb ratings, the the pilot episode's at an eight point two. Children of the Comet is at an 8.2. Would you rank them the same as well, or would you say this one's a little better or a little worse?
0: I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it's been a few weeks since I watched the pilot, so I don't (laughs) really remember. Sure, sure. So I'll I'll abstain from that question. Okay. Um, It's coming up again, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, I, I I refuse to answer a question which may incriminate me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Okay. Anything else you want to talk about on Children of the comment before we move on to episode three? I really enjoyed
0: the alien, like the I, Shepherd. I, yeah, I, I know. Like, uh, I like as soon as he's like, "We are the shepherds," and I was like, "Oh, Shepherd." <laughs> yep. No, I um like it was the typical because we don't really like all we see is this dude's face. I don't know if that's a callback or, like, they did it intentionally, like, in older episodes of Star Trek, whether it's TOS or TNG, when they didn't have the budget for a full-on, you know, bridge shot. And But, on the other hand, we rarely get to see another ship's perspective of the Federation ship, right? Like, on very rare occasions. In fact, I can't even recall a single time when we got to see... What the other crew was seeing, so I don't know if like when they do an on-screen Zoom call, where it's just zoomed in on Picard's face, you know, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Like there's that 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 famous like that famous first instance of them meeting the Ferengi, where it's just a white background and then just the Ferengi's head. Um, yeah. But other times, yeah. like you know, we we, um, we see like when they're doing the video conference uh, with um, that one dude, O'Kana. O- 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 Oh yeah, the yeah outrageous O'Connor? O'Connor or whatever. He's not even yeah. in Starfleet. Like when they when they do the two, they have like the two guys on screen at the same time. Like you get a full body shot of one or two of them. And right, so right. like I I didn't know if that was a callback, but I really liked it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is just like TNG
1: when they couldn't afford a big yeah. budget or whatever. That was pretty cool. I had some similar feelings in uh, one of the later episodes where I was like, okay, okay. this was really cool that they're they're kind of following that. That old rule book, if you will, and how to show the action without showing the action. Right. You know? I think that with I mean, with the budget the show has, I mean, the, cause the special effect shots are gorgeous. We're talking about the comet and these ships flying around each other and then uh Spock flying the uh uh the not the roundabout, the runabout, but the uh the shuttle on the comet and the big the egg thing and all of the music. Like it's beautiful so for them to deliberately not show any more of the other bridge than what the pike and the crew is actually experiencing is is a really cool and a very deliberate choice right yeah like they could have easily shown all of it just because they could uh, but it doesn't matter right like they're showing it all from the perspective of the enterprise which i think is um a very very good decision very good decision and one that i think they keep repeating as they go through awesome so moving on to to episode three Ghosts of Illyria with the the most horrible screenshot here on uh, <laughs> on IMDb. I don't know. Uh, we'll click it in a minute. Uh, the uh, uh, this one is is the lowest rated episode so far with a seven point nine out of ten in a median score of eight. Usually I'm like really excited to watch something on our for the podcast that set a seven point nine. I'm like ooh good we've struck gold. But in this case it is the lowest rated episode. Uh, the blurb here una that's number one una must confront a secret she's been hiding when a contagion ravages the ship incapacitating the rest of the crew okay <laughs> you actually messaged me when you watched this yep. this particular episode uh <laughs> space space virus episode, virus episode. <laughs> 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 so we got to episode three before we got space virus i would agree that this is probably the weakest episode thus far in the season i i don't know if yeah, as far as ratings or whatever, but relative to the other episodes, I would agree this is a little weaker. I don't. <laughs> I liked the the Pike and uh, Pike and Spock being separated. Uh, the slow revelation that something's happening on the ship. Uh, do, like they kind of play up that number one Una is got a secret, right? Because she she almost she obviously comes under. Uh, she obviously gets sick, right? She has the same condition at least briefly that everyone else does is getting. And, and everyone else eventually does get. But she tells Dr. Mbenga that she's fine, and she hasn't had any symptoms. So she's lying to him from the get-go. Like, this is very, very quick, uh, very, very, uh, basically in the cold open. Then she's trying to save everybody. Like, it was very mysterious what she was trying to do. I thought maybe she was betraying everybody. Like, I, I maybe she was infected, and it was causing her to act differently. I It really did keep me guessing, basically until she revealed what what was going on. And that aspect was good. The idea of a virus that travels on light. Okay. That's Star Trek. I, I like it. I, yeah. I will admit that I spent five minutes going, oh my God, if, are they acting drunk? <laughs> <sighs> nah, man. Is it happening gotta get, again? They got to get closer to the light, baby. <laughs> there's actually an episode of Farscape in which they're traveling through a cluster of pulsars and it starts, the light starts affecting them in different ways. Like there's a, one of the crew members is a plant I say is a plant is a sentient plant. She's made of, she's made of plant material or whatever. I don't know how you would say it. So she's like super infected, like infected, super affected by it all the way down to the human character. Who's barely uh, affected at all because, uh, because his eyesight is worse than everybody else's. And so he's taking in less of it to, to uh, impact and alter his brain Uh, because uh, to quote them, he's defective. (laughs) Uh, so uh, that was interesting because I was like, okay, I've seen this before, but not in Star Trek. As far as the light part of it goes, uh, and I've obviously, uh, how many space virus episodes do you think we've seen? Oh, and, dozens, in dozens, right? In like, Star Trek. Well, yeah, I mean, it, at least it all one just depends. Season, right?
0: It, it all depends on what you could consider a virus episode. There's that one. Any, any episode it's, it's, where
1: anyone's infecting other people with a virus, bacteria. Well, I going to say stuff. I don't know.
0: There's the there's the one where the um, Jordy almost turns into a, like a, a weird alien turtle thing. Oh, and he clo- yeah. and <laughs> he then there's himself. that yeah. one episode in season seven in TNG where the ship starts becoming like a Mayan temple mask. That's a that's a virus that infects the ship.
1: No, that was was that uh, not Data with the? I mean, like, like he Britt Spiner like, went hard in that episode. Like it's gets, a
0: horrible episode. He gets possessed or whatever. But i like the ship starts turning into like something yeah. else. And then there's those people. There's that one episode where people get they start to devolve and Warf yeah. turns into like a cockroach or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, so
1: cockroach like, or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Bad. Okay, so lots depending on yeah. our definition, everywhere, every, anywhere from one or two a season to half the episodes. Yeah. So it's not this episode lacks a lot of originality. I think it's executed as well as they could. Is this a better Space Virus episode than Lower Decks? The first episode of Lower Decks. <laughs> no, no, not at all.
0: Did I, did I consume human flesh? <laughs> <laughs> Tell no, me, I all. need to know.
1: That is the best Space Fires episode. I, my misgivings about this episode have to be that Una being an Illyrian is cool, I guess. I didn't see that coming as the twist or whatever. And then like, it felt like at the end, they just kind of tacked on Dr. Mimbanga's secret with his his kid being in uh, permanent transporter stasis. Like, it that felt very... Like, felt like it should have been a B story for the whole episode, but it felt more like, oh, hey, the episode's over, but we have three, four more minutes to fill. Here's this as well. You know, it felt very disconnected. That's a sprinkling of story for tomorrow's strange new world problem you know
0: what i that's, mean but like, it
1: didn't that's the thing is if it had like if episode four had picked up on that thread and been that i, I would i think i would like it more but it hasn't even gonna come be, back up but there's gonna be five more right that's true it might again so, i just feel like it yeah. should have yeah i don't know i'll know because uh they'll do a last time on and then show that and i'm like oh okay yeah how did you feel about this episode
0: I thought it was really neat. Uh, if I'm being fully really honest, I didn't even know who the Le- the Illyrians were. I'm on the Memory Alpha page, and there's a guy who doesn't look anything like Una, which is, you know, that doesn't mean anything really. I guess they were originally involved in Enterprise, which is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, so they they all they're big into genetic engineering because of uh, the eugenics wars. That's kind of been outlawed for the Federation for the most part. Well, not necessarily outlawed as much as they just, they banned the use. <laughs> so um, I guess they're okay with, like, I, I guess that goes away later on because there's s- several episodes of newer Trek where genetic modification is like a key,
1: like part of a, a plot line. Oh, well, I mean, if you recall in Deep Space Nine, Dr. Brashear's, uh father goes to prison for it. Well, um, I mean I they, they mention it's allowed in the case of like uh, uh correcting any sort of defects or you know, like issues in the womb, that type of thing. Yeah. But Dr. Bashir is genetically altered to be smarter, faster, stronger, and that's very illegal. Yeah. Funny story
0: about Illyria or Illyrians, um, like most things in Star Trek, uh, has some basis in real life. According to this, Illyria was a western part of the Balkan peninsula inhabited by numerous tribes of people collectively known as the illyrians and in fact it's had several references in modern i don't say modern pop culture but william shakespeare chose illyria as the or a fictionalized version of illyria as a setting for 12th night which is a comedy about a woman impersonating a man and hijinks you know ensue hijinks ensue uh but yeah like <laughs> up until um like 1849 it was like the word Illyria was used in popular culture, like in in the vernacular, which I thought was really neat. Interesting. It doesn't say anything about them being outcasts or anything, but uh, but yeah. So if you if you look at a map of antiquity, like it's right there next to the Thracians, a little bit kind of northeast of the, I'm sorry, northwest of the Greeks, and across the Adriatic from Italy, or or wow. what what would be considered modern day Italy, which I thought was pretty cool. Very neat. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for Una being special. It would make sense that um, as as soon as whatever happened to her happened, I was like, "Oh, like is she now? Is she going to sabotage the ship or whatever?" And then she, at no point did she do that, which I thought was pretty cool. That was a little bit of a head fake. Yeah, a little bit. I enjoyed the episode. I don't. I, I don't think I would give it a seven point nine. <laughs> I mean, it it's just just like Children of the Comet. I've been here. Like, I've yeah. seen this episode. It just has a different plot.
1: Which is cool. Sure. There's other fun sure. with it. I think so. the difference being, I think this doesn't quite, quite hit it in the same way, but... Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Moving on to episode four, Memento Mori. Pike must find unconventional Starfleet methods to deal with a malevolent force that attacks the Enterprise. Uh, so this is the highest rated episode so far this season at 8.6 out of 10 with a median score of 9 thirty nine point three percent of votes on a ten, thirty percent on a nine, so it, like we talked about everything being kind of overwhelmingly positive. This is the very definition of overwhelmingly positive <laughs> so, this, so how did you like ahead. it no no, please I, I was I was about to prompt you
0: so oh, okay yeah, I guess uh, I guess go for it, so memento mori is latin for remember that you have to die or remember death it's uh, uh I've, I've seen this phrase before like uh, mostly in really edgy tattoos you know <laughs> you know so like yeah. and if you in fact if you just google memento more and you look at it there's usually a skull and like the, a spade involved yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first time that i can really remember seeing it uh, so i was am going to mention something you don't like uh in the game of destiny too you can get a weapon called the ace of spades and it has a mm. perk called memento mori. Interesting. And, uh whenever you you get a kill in that game, it gives you buffed damage.
1: You're right. I didn't like it.
0: Well, no, it's it's just it's 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 inevitable. Like I'm like yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to continue to to kill things. This is the uh second, well I I guess it would be the first instance of Starfleet officially engaging the Gorn. Lana Laan Nunian Singh, she is I I think I think they talk about it in the pilot. She's a survivor of a Gorn attack, and she's like the only survivor that's ever been from a Gorn attack, which is kind of cool. Right? right. Um, You know, shit full of what they call Mary Sue's. Right? Is that what it's called? No. Well, I'm just
1: making a joke, Uh, but um, uh, that's
0: a bad joke.
1: Well, everyone's unique. Everyone's got a little bit of a past, you know? Yeah. Well, all
0: like all all Star Trek crews are like that.
1: Yeah. She's not even our first. I mean, she's essentially. She's Tasha Yar, right? Yeah. She's just Tasha Yar. She's the vi- she. She comes from a background of extreme violence, when she was the victim, but she overcame it through the help of Starfleet, and then ends up joining Starfleet and becoming a security officer on the Enterprise. on the On a ship <laughs> called the Enterprise, she is just Tasha Yar. I guess beta Tasha Yar, pre-release Tasha Yar. I don't. I, don't well, I guess know. she's the alpha, right? Alpha.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. guess is uh, Tasha
1: Yar just La'an Nunyan Singh? part two and we just didn't know it i don't know who knows maybe maybe she's just 1.5 if Uh, if so lieutenant singh dies to a tar monster (laughs) we'll know (laughs) i i win i don't know what i win but i win
0: uh nothing that's what you win
1: No, i thought this episode was a lot of fun because if i remember correctly
0: we don't even get to see what the gorn ship looked like in tos like it it was just like a a starburst that they had moved around on the screen but we get our first encounter with a black hole, which I thought was pretty cool. They uh definitely did some unconventional tactics. I think Pike like kinda like he for me, he was like a submarine captain,
1: you know, because there's even yeah. that
0: there's even that instance where Ortega's is like dive, dive, dive. But I thought like I laughed out loud when I It's when very happened.
1: much a submarine episode. Yeah. Yeah. Where they
0: just, um, they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff they can do to get away or from stop being tracked. Hunt from Red October is a great example of a captain using unconventional tactics on both sides. Um, Not only, you know, Captain Ramius, but um, whoever Scott Glenn plays
1: in that movie. The Hunt for Red October is the second best submarine movie of all time.
0: It's down Periscope, you're number one?
1: Of course. (laughs) Yes, it is. Please.
0: Got Kelsey Grammer in it. (laughs) i love this job no i we got to see like some more uh mind melding which yeah. is really cool like i i know that when mind melding was introduced originally, like i mean i wasn't there when like when it first was on air but like up until this point like usually when there's a mind meld it's just a camera focused in on the the, the principal actors in the scene and like there's usually quiet or very ominous music that plays but in discovery i think it was the first time they did it where they like put you in the mindscape right like um with yeah. the with the, sh- with the shuttle accident i think and in this one like we're actually get transported into La'an's mind going through like her, her memories sub- yeah. her
1: subconscious and we get to relive some of those memories. that was really cool it's like so. a flashback that we get to experience and the characters in the show get to experience at the same time. Like it's a great way of doing a flashback. It's really, really cool. Yeah. 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 I like a submarine episode, you know, I like an episode that reminds you that, you know, you can't leave the ship. Like this is, this is the same as being in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean. Like you're, you're, you're limited. I'm having the uh, brown dwarf surrounding the, it's getting sucked, uh, destroyed by the black hole. And, And, you know, the closer they get to it, the gravitation, the gravity forces are, crushing them, like literally crushing them and see it. Just the perfect submarine episode. Uh we mentioned uh back in Children of the Comet about, you know, we only get to see the alien's face, which is very old school, right? Uh the first time they like there's this beautiful shot of the Enterprise. I mean, the Enterprise finds a way to use the navigation computer to have sonar. So it's <laughs> like we're, we're diving. We're going for it, right? They're going yeah. for it. There's a beautiful shot of the Enterprise just maneuvering itself within this, this uh, gas giant, this brown dwarf, and dropping the torpedo, right? And letting gravity take it towards the uh, uh, almost set Orion. Uh, those are different green people. <laughs> the Gorn ship. And we don't get to see the explosion. Like we don't see the Gorn ship explode. We see other ones explode later. It's fine. We don't see it explode. It's it's all shown from the viewpoint of the people on the bridge who can't see it. And it's very, yeah. it adds to that claustrophobia. The, I, I felt every shot of this episode was, I mean, Laon is an intense character from the get-go. She is intense. But every every scene just got more and more intense. The stakes kept getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, sometimes minor increments, and they'd have a breakthrough, and then something else would happen. Right? Like for the majority until the end of the episode, all of their decisions bought them time, but didn't give them an exit. Right? Because right. they, they would oh we we've fit, we've accomplished or we've overcome this obstacle only to discover that there's this much larger obstacle. And I, I liked that escalation and that sense of just I guess doom would be the right word and dread like it's it's like a it's just this is intense it reminded me a lot I mean it obviously it's paying homage to submarine films um like down Paris ago <laughs> 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 or the Hunt for Red october uh which I mean the you know which you know Star Trek uh the original series has, it's got that vibe right where uh it's very much uh, based on that it's also I feel paying homage to maybe a little bit of Wrath of Khan. I got major, Con- I got major
0: Wrath of Khan vibes. Like the idea of hiding in like yeah. an interstellar,
1: like cloud. Well, I, like- I want to add to that. Just not just Wrath of Khan, but also um, I, I should look up, I should have looked up the name of the episode, uh, but the TNG episode where they first encounter the Borg. We don't know anything about these guys. We don't know how they're gonna, going to, going uh, to attack us. You have one character. And then that, in that case, Gaiden, who's like, you need to like, get out right like raising the alarms similar no. to what elon was doing elon was uh much more forceful and used her position to like get them out i mean i think she countermans pike i mean not countermans but she uh basically calls him as like no do not take an attack uh posture you need to retreat we need to leave and that that kind of looming menace that enemy you can't defeat because of x y and z felt felt very much like that episode yeah, just excellent. Like, I, I 100% agree this was the best episode this season. It, it's probably in my, I, I don't know about top, I don't know. I'd have to think really hard, but it would not surprise me that if, uh, if it being, it would not surprise me if it ended up being one of my top 10 Star Trek episodes, just because of how well shot it is and uh, just all the little homages, but still feeling new and original. Really liked it. They definitely like, uh,
0: I really like the idea of using that, that that I don't even remember what they what it was it was like a cooling unit or an air conditioner or whatever that thing is it was an atmospheric uh, air purifier but yeah whatever, know, whatever of the future uh, yeah using it as like essentially like a distraction like hey mm. like the whole idea of having the foresight to understand that when you cross the accretion disk of a black hole your image remains i thought
1: that was really cool oh science is cool
0: yeah I definitely felt this episode was an homage to Wrath of like, Khan. And the fact that Anunian Singh is like one of, if not the primary focus of the episode was not lost on me. <laughs> like sure. while I was watching it, I was like, okay, okay, cool. Well, uh, like the, we were talking about earlier, the shot where the ship goes, not like rotates 90 degrees on its, is it on, yeah, it on its y-axis? Up. It's
1: weird. Yeah. Yeah. Y-axis. Yeah.
0: yeah. It just reminded me of when Spock and Kirk are talking and he's like, well, he's a brilliant tactician. But like his his tactics appear to be two dimensional nature, and then Kirk's like, "All right, well, let's drop us down twenty kilometers, like just straight down." I thought that was really cool that because that that's kind of a submarine
1: move too, like just get lower, get lower, get lower. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I really good like this episode. episode Fantastic, so. man, really good. So you know how you you follow up the most intense episode of the series is with the least intense episode of the series. So episode five, Spock amok, Spock amok, whatever. (laughs) The blurb, a personal visit causes a comedy of errors during Spock and Pike's (laughs) crucial negotiations with an unusual (laughs) alien species. Uh, 8.3 out of 10. So not the highest rated, um, but actually a little higher rated than a few of the other episodes. Um, I think that would make it the, the second highest rated. You had an hour of intensity, just super intense. I mean everyone's sweating things are breaking down people are dying on the ship and then you follow that up with uh, freaky friday shenanigans and uh like real low not not low risk but low stakes um action and uh you get spock a mock a muck. i i hate the name um i think i think it's a mock is it a mock yeah i'm Googling. i'm not right even. I don't and, know. When and when i say google
0: it, it i'm just gonna right click search <laughs> uh a mock amok are you gonna do it is it doing it is it, it a mock or a muck oh it's oh. from malaysia oh it's or malaysia. at least the, the malay
1: language uh amok is the more acceptable spelling yeah. Amok. Yeah. okay so spock amok. it makes sense really fun episode i like having just this low risk low intensity episode following everything else we get a dream sequence we get some some humor like i I like it when, like, there's something inherently humorous about Vulcans arguing with each other (laughs) and not showing any emotion. Like, it's almost like, I want to use the word anthropomorphizing, but we end up as the audience humanizing them because that's what we're used to when they're not showing emotion at all, right? It's, I don't know, it's very, very interesting. When Spock is fighting himself, in the uh in the dream sequence when he's you know Vulcan and human self, it's the same music yeah. from Amok Time from when uh Spock and Kirk fight, which I thought was a great yeah. callback. Yeah. Fun episode. Uh we also got to see our boy again adrian holmes adrian holmes is that four i get because I, I don't I mean, think technically, this counts a second time i think this is d- the same character it's television it counts as one appearance but this is a different episode of the podcast fine it counts as another appearance <laughs> man adrian holmes the actor that i least like to see repeated uh, he, he does a pretty good job as admiral robert april i it's like they needed an admiral here because they were like oh we're doing negotiations with a, another alien species." I'm um, trying to, to gain access to, you know, move through their territory. I guess we'll just call up Adrian Holmes. <laughs> he doesn't have anything else important going on, let's be honest. These are the best Admiral episodes in which the Admiral is involved only
0: for the sake of the plot. Like yes. there's that there's ah. the, you know, uh Measure of a Man, I think is a really good one. And then uh uh and there's the whatever the the drum. The drum. Yeah. Uh it's the one where um they think Picard is a traitor. Because oh. uh, the the Vulcan, who's actually yeah. a Romulan, spoilers if you haven't seen the episode, yeah, yeah. But uh, right. or that admiral just goes crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I thought mm-hmm. I thought this episode was really fun. We did get some Freaky Friday stuff, but we also get to see the crew. Like I don't want to say out of their element, but you really get to see different perspectives from the same characters. You get to get like, them off duty, right? Well, the um, the whole negotiation portion of it when they. F- This is again, like I have seen too much Star Trek because as soon as they showed the part where, um, the Tellarite is getting yelled at by Basso (laughs) and they're like, man, we thought the Tellarites were rude. And then they, and these guys show up and they're just very cool. They're very cordial with, uh, Pike and Robert, April. And then when they showed them like talking to Spock, I'm like, oh, so they just, they're so empathetic Mm. that they adapt to their
1: they they adapt to the other side of the argument. I thought that was really neat. I thought it was a mind thing, like an actual, like, um like actual empathy, like some sort of um maybe telepathic empathy. But it turns out it's just behavioral, which I think is yeah. even, which is much more interesting, which just goes to show that I've watched probably too much Star Trek. So I was like, oh yeah, the mind, the final, final, final frontier. No fun episode. Uh, They use the word hijinks. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Hijinks yeah. Hijinks. <laughs> It seems that hijinks are their most logical course of action. <laughs> I like that uh, we're getting a Spock episode, finally. Like, I I don't know if you've noticed, like, you probably have noticed, but we get a Pike episode in the pilot, as we should. We get, uh, Uhura gets some special time. Uh, Laan has gotten some special time. Una has gotten some special time. Now Spock. Uh, we got a little bit of Nurse Chapel in this episode as well, in the B story. Um, and something we didn't mention in the last episode, we got some good Hemmer and Yahura scenes. I mean, we learned a lot more about Hemmer um, and how his culture works and how it works with Starfleet. Um, so we've basically we've haven't had an Ortega's episode. I think that's the last of the bridge crew. Ortega
0: and then Embenga. He's not on the bridge.
1: No, he's not on the bridge. And he did he yeah. did have a little bit, but we could have an Mbenga, uh focused episode. You're right. I would. Yeah. Chief Kyle. He's next. I don't think he's main cast technically. He's second. Yeah. I would just off main cast. When's the Robert April episode? That's what I want to know. When are we getting the <laughs> Robert April flashback episode, you mean? Back to when he was on the Enterprise? Yeah, yeah when he's that'll the, be he's pretty the cool. captain. Yeah. That'll be pretty dope. I'm um, looking forward to that, and hopefully Adrian Holmes can do it. No, super fun episode. I watched Memento Mori and Spock Amok uh, back-to-back. So having that high intensity episode where the stakes could not be any higher for the crew of the enterprise. And then going right into this episode, it was a nice, we're going to I'm going to breathe a little bit. I don't have to worry <laughs> about things. Like it, it, it has a very, very different vibe. And like you said, we do get to see some different sides to the, uh, to our characters. Um, Pike gets to save the day when he realizes what's going on with the aliens and uh, empathizes with their point of view in a, Maybe over empathizes with their point of view, according to Admiral April, but no, I, excellent episode. I think you know, eight point three, I think it speaks for itself i I can't remember I'm trying to remember in recent like a new a new Star Trek, whether we've had a fun episode. and I think the the closest thing I can think of is the the time loop episode in season one of Discovery, but even that yeah. has a lot of murder. And the stakes are still high for the ship. It's just presented in a, in a, a more you know, humorous way. Um, but I, I like Star Trek's dumb episodes, if that makes sense. Like, I like, like you mentioned, the, the Enterprise getting covered in Babylonian or Aztec or whatever things, and Brent Spiner putting on masks and acting as 15 different characters. Uh, yeah. I like Cisco getting trapped inside of an alien board game and having to play it out. Like, this is so dumb. Like, it's so dumb. And the fact that they have, they're like, we only have ten episodes, and, and, and Discovery, like, you know, ten to fifteen or whatever. They, so they all have to be progressing the plot and all that. But then Str- Strange New Worlds, like, and we got ten episodes, we can explore Spock's relationship with his fiance and how that conflicts with his um, duties and relationship with Starfleet and the Federation, and make it a fun episode. The fact that you can uh, chew gum until there's no flavor, and then tele and then teleport yourself or transport yourself and regain the flavor of your gum—that's good to know. That's fantastic.
0: Like, I, well, they didn't really show <laughs> it, but I wonder how much of that was because, um, like, the whole idea. Like, if if you don't know how the transporter works, listeners, essentially, um, you get scanned into the computer, you get put into what's called the buffer, then then you are disintegrated, and then a copy is created of you. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever you go and so like i wonder like did they scan first and then like did the flavor like all right well what's the flavor okay it's spearmint cool let's put you in the we'll put you in the transporter buffer there's no flavor left cool let's transport you like does the flavor remain or did just getting oh, man. recombobulated just put the flavor back into i think the it gum? put the
1: flavor back into the gum yeah i think that's what it's it pretty did. neat it's yeah. really like it's just such a like that's something i've never thought about I mean, I've thought of similar things. Like, would the tele, would the transporter? I keep calling it a teleporter today. Would the transporter do this? Could they do this on the holodeck or whatever? Not because they don't have holodecks yet. But like, like how nunplush she is about it. Mm, flavors back, cool. <laughs> 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 yeah. and oh, then, it's really
0: fun. Uh, it, well, we we didn't really talk about Enterprise Bingo, which I thought was kind of funny. Essentially, uh, a bunch of people. Going around just doing different stuff, hijinks as you will. Yeah, I guess the 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 final bingo is
1: signing the only piece of the original, like the the only original piece of the ship left, the oldest piece. I don't know if it's the original. Yeah. They call it the scorch because it's got a big scorch mark on it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. they said uh, they either said like this is the oldest piece or uh, whichever was non-replaced. But, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, so. it was really really cool, fun episode, nice breather right in the middle of the season. Um, I don't know what, you know, what we're getting next. Uh, actually, do you want me to, do you want me to read the blurb for episode six? Sure. Episode six coming out. Uh, it, for us, it's coming out in a couple of days on Thursday, June 9th. Uh, by the time this is out, it would have already released. Uh, the episode is called lift us where suffering cannot reach. A threat to an idyllic planet reunites Captain Pike with the lost love of his life. To protect her and a scientific holy child from a conspiracy, Pike offers his help and is forced to face unresolved feelings of his past. Is that the Kaiju Messiah? I don't think so. (laughs) But possibly. We'll see. We'll find out. I I really liked kind of doing this little recap. Um, how How did you like it? Do you want to do more of it? Yeah, we
0: well, I think in the past we've talked about recapping Prodigy, but we just never got around to doing it for reasons unknown. Sure, lots of uh, reasons. And I And I think that in the past we have discussed doing recaps. It's just that the commitment is usually too much.
1: Right. Well, we've talked about recapping
0: seasons, but doing yeah. it this way. Right, that's what I was going to say. Like the Umbrella Academy, those are hour and a half long
1: episodes. And there's like six or seven a season. So it's just a lot. I'm looking forward to season three, man. <laughs> looking forward to season three. So, I, so. my proposition would be um, there's five episodes left. We do three episodes. Uh, or we wait three episodes and do another recap and then do a final recap of episodes nine and ten. or we can dedicate a bit more time to the finale. I assume there's going to be more there. Um, so that'll spread this out a little bit too. How do you feel about that?
0: I'd be okay with that. I would. I would also be okay with just doing all five of the final episodes all at once.
1: Either one. We've talked for over an hour about four episodes, so yep. I worry that it it, it goes <laughs> through. We don't won't make a commitment right now. We can figure that out at a later date. Speaking um, of commitments, yes. Speaking of commitments, uh oh,
0: we're getting close. Ooh close to an anniversary anthony why don't you tell the people about our anniversary
1: yeah so coming up next week june 16th is our two-year anniversary it's the two-year anniversary of us releasing our first episode on a little known and awfully discussed often oftenly oddly on a little known and over discussed movie three zero two two uh, so it's been, yeah, two years, uh, over, uh, what is this? We're at like 150 some odd episodes or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just over. It's, uh, it's been a while. So we're going to last year, I think we recorded something early and then released it on the anniversary, our first anniversary this year, we're going to do the live recording on our anniversary. Uh, we're going to do, do something similar, uh, a little more concise where we, uh, discuss our kind of our favorites and our least favorites, uh, from the past year. Uh, and talk about some upcoming projects and up- upcoming uh, things we have going on. It should be a lot of fun, a lot, a lot less. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cohesive in the final product. <laughs> a lot more joking around. Uh, maybe have a few drinks uh, and enjoy ourselves. So that's next
0: Thursday for our one-year anniversary. We did top ten. Top five, yeah. bottom five, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think that we might do something similar, but not so much as we're going to just put them on a list and say, this was right. number one, this right. was number two.
1: More of an open discussion about it. Yeah. There's also a lot less episodes in this past year than the first year, as uh, we were busting them out two a week for the first four months. And uh, don't have the don't have the time for that now, as uh, so we're back down to the one. Looking forward to if y'all have opinions about anything that your favorite episodes or the best movies or worst movies we watched, uh, please share and we will talk about and discuss it on air. It'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun.
0: You want me to b-roll us out of here?
1: Yes, please. As
0: usual, please go to your favorite podcasting platform of choice, choice choice, choice. like and review, subscribe, download all the episodes we've ever had, listen to every single one of them nonstop. Don't do anything else, don't eat, don't sleep, don't work, just listen to our podcast. And then, when you've done all that, head on over to your social media platform of choice that is not Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and at Guys. You can email us at SciFiWiseGuys at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions. Send us your opinions. Unless you you use the word woke in your email, unless it's direct reference to someone waking up from a dream, I won't read it. (laughs) But stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And, um, you know, if you're fighting the Gorn just always assume an aggressive posture and uh just don't fall for obvious traps i guess i don't know i don't know what to say
1: yeah uh (laughs) uh, did you notice that the gorn alphabet is just the english alphabet no i didn't yeah i don't know like he had like the morse the the gorn morse code but it had a b c d i don't Mm. know what was going on i don't know maybe they figured it out like music and i don't know i don't know awesome (laughs) Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, everybody. Bye. Have landed. Trending in United States. Demolition Man. <gasps> Clicking. Why does Taco Bell look like a bank? It's literally, oh my gosh! It's literally like there's some Taco Bell of the future where you can drive through the like it's got a second story and you drive are, through underneath you, it. What are you looking at? Uh, let me. I'll just show you. I'll just uh, you send me the link. Send you a link. I'm working on it. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean,
0: Taco Bell is supposed to win the franchise wars. So
1: actually, over it's funny overseas, um, even in the English versions, there's no Taco Bell, so they uh, d- uh, dubbed over as Pizza Hut. <laughs> Don't they drive by one though at some point? I don't remember. I mean, I who mean, knows what they did for that? But I'm in that Pizza
0: Hut. I'm in that Taco Bell. That Jesus Pizza Taco Bell. Yeah,
1: everyone's like, I'm telling, I'm telling you, the Taco Bell takeover predicted in Demolition Man is
0: happening. <laughs>